I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the podcast of the Financial Times on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week has brought some dramatic developments regarding Brexit. Uh, And yet the impact on the pound has been rather restrained. Is this the moment that sterling bulls have been waiting for when they can finally see a flaw in the pound after months of decline? Or is there a great deal more turmoil coming to the UK and its currency? And we're also going to be talking about trade tensions with Donald Trump arriving in the UK and with further tensions taking place with China. So with me to discuss these issues is Ugo Lancioni, Fixed Income and Currency Portfolio Manager at Newburger Berman. Ugo, first of all, Brexit. Sterling, it's lost 8% since its high in April. It's feeling very unloved, undervalued. But there is a sense from some investors that this could be the moment to start seeing a rally. Do you agree with that? I do. You're absolutely right. Uh, The market reaction to the resignations of Mr. David Davis has been very limited so far. And Boris Johnson as well. And Boris Johnson as well. I mean, uh, the market has reacted a little bit more on the the resignation of Boris Johnson, of course. uh, That that wasn't really expected to be happening so quickly. But certainly the the pound has reacted, uh, has only uh, only adjusted slightly since, uh, since then. And um, I believe that's a function of the undervaluation of the pound. If you look at the big picture, our assessment is the pound is still 10 to 15 percent undervalued. Yes. Uh, from a PPP perspective versus the other major currencies, yes. but also versus the, the euro. And also, if you look at what's implied in the interest rate market, the implied probability of an interest rate hike in uh, in August uh, is actually still fairly high. 75%, something it's like that? It's probably 75 to 80%. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, on top of that, you still have uh, about 35 to 40 basis points priced in for the next 12 months, which means that the market is expecting the Bank of England to to hike once uh, once more, or, you know, one, mm. certainly one hike and probably, probably two. Um, the UK economy is, uh, I wouldn't say is shining. I mean, for sure, it's, it's not no. doing extremely well. But, you know, you, we had um, encouraging data lately. June PMIs were, were okay. And also consumer, consumer sentiment data has been a little bit better. Um, I think the next key developments are going to be the level of, of criticism that uh, May receives uh, both domestically and, okay. and in Europe. Okay, but I, I want to ask this. I mean, as a portfolio manager, you've been watching Brexit now for the best part of two years. To what extent can we? did you feel a sense of, I don't know, relief or a sense of thank goodness at last we now have some clearer skies in Brexit? Or do you feel that it's all still terribly, terribly... Yeah, convoluted and and very difficult to see. I mean, for for a start, this white paper, this ninety-eight page document they they brought out on Brexit, it's it's people tell me it's it's a there it is, it's a negotiating position. It's something to take to Europe and to start really talking about. Is that how you feel? Uh, yes, I mean, I there is still uncertainty, but I think we're getting so close, 
and uh, a soft Brexit deal would probably be uh, very positive for uh, for Sterling. Yeah. Um, my my view is that there is about 10% uh, Brexit risk premium in the price of Sterling. Right. If you get a soft Brexit, probably half of that at least will uh, will go. Yes. So you have potentially four or five percent uh, appreciation uh, if we if we get uh, towards soft Brexit. And this uh, I haven't gone through all the ninety eight pages yet, as this was just no, released. No. <laughs> but uh, there is uh, <laughs> there is uh, there is a good chance that uh, I think we're heading towards a soft Brexit. The 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 thing over the last two years, you know, has been this issue of Boris Johnson, you know, when he might resign. We finally had that moment. And in a sense, we we kind of watched it go by. I mean, we don't, he, he may be still keeping his powder dry. He may still come back and retaliate and challenge Theresa May. But it was quite a, a moment that it wasn't a moment this week, if you get my, my meaning. I would agree. I would agree. I think the market is still reluctant to take... Uh, uh, big positions here because other factors are in play uh-huh. uh, and uh, ster- cable and the price action of sterling is not just about Brexit um, but I think from my perspective we're long sterling we, we like uh, sterling at these levels uh, purely from a valuation perspective despite the fact that the economic data is not uh, is not uh, fantastic I would say but I think there's room for uh, for a rally you know, we went up to almost 145 at some stage uh, earlier this year, and uh, we have uh, we have gone uh, we have gone back on the ba- on the back of those Brexit concerns, and partially because the dollar has been very strong. So there's certainly room for appreciation against both uh, the dollar at some stage, uh, but uh, more importantly, I think against uh, against euro. The euro. Are, are you coming back into sterling? Are you buying back back into it? We are. Yeah. Okay. And and what is going to st- stop you from? going much more back into sterling is it going to be the reaction of theresa may's tory party backbenchers or is it going to be the reaction of the european union to this white paper or is it going to be a mixture of both in the short term it's going to be a little of both i would say in the in the long uh, to me in the medium to long term it's going to be it's going to be the macroeconomic data i mean we, we always focus on the macroeconomic data um, so the macroeconomic data is going is going to drive the the, the performance yes. of sterling over the long run, but also interest rates. Interest rate differentials have come back in play. Mm. Uh, if if the Bank of England uh, delivers an, an, another hike uh, and, and maybe another you know before the end of the year, you know before the next twelve months, I would say you still have uh, quite a bit of a building gap between Europe and uh, and the UK, and uh, that could help Sterling to appreciate further. Okay. Let's move on to the, the trade tensions. I mean, every week in, in hard currency, we talk about this virtually. Um, and there, there seems to be every week a different set of anxiety about it. Um, within this week, we seem to have it all encapsulated, both anxiety and then it's coming off. There's a back and forth. It's not really... It seems to be hard hard for the market to grab hold of a view on these trade tensions. Do you think that is the way it's going to be for quite a while? What are you hoping to, to emerge out of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we have to get used to it, I think. Right. I think this issue is going to stay with us for a while. Mm-hmm. But as we know, uh, we could uh, have uh, unpredictable headlines around it, especially if Look Trump... 
starts tweeting and uh, you could have a situation where suddenly things uh, improve in terms of relationship between uh, the US and, and, and China and also potentially the US could be a little bit less aggressive at some stage down the road after um, quite uh, quite, an, uh, quite an aggressive stance over the last couple of months. Well, when you say down the road, I mean, are you looking at the midterm elections in November as a moment for when that aggression gets turned off when Trump has exhausted the, um, the the rhetoric and the the electioneering around around the trade tensions absolutely absolutely yes I think I think from a political perspective the 6th of November is 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 uh, it's a very important uh, uh, goal for for Trump you yes, know it needs to why you're saying it was going to take a while because it's it's not exactly around the corner it's is it it's <laughs> another few months before yes. before that and we got the summer in in between yes. still that could be quite volatile in, in which case should we because it feels like the channel in which this is really being expressed is the remnimbi uh, which again touched back into 670 territory on the offshore do we just follow the people's bank of china as close as possible and expect them to not allow it to depreciate so far and so fast now let, let, let me say the remnimbi has already dropped uh, about uh, 7% since uh since its size yes. I mean, against the dollar, uh, so the the we have seen already a substantial depreciation of the renminbi. Uh, I'm not suggesting that the People Bank of China are, are trying to retaliate through the exchange rate, but the market is expecting that at some stage. So the market is certainly uh, speculating that uh, that's a way to retaliate. So we could have uh, more depreciation of the renminbi if uh, the situation escalates. Uh, having said that, uh, they have um, made some statements uh, last week uh, suggested that suggested that they are not planning to retaliate through the exchange rate. And so um, that has certainly helped the market uh, calming down a little bit. I think we're also seeing a little bit of stabilization in emerging markets. Uh, those markets are still a little volatile today uh, after the announcement of, uh, of the additional 200 billion tariffs. Uh, but um, it is certainly uh, something to keep an eye on, especially in light of the fact that this, uh, the exchange rate, the Chinese exchange rate, was certainly yes. a trigger for a lot of uh, volatility a couple of years ago. Indeed. Um, and just finally, Hugo, I mean, you, you, we mentioned earlier that actually, with regard to the UK, the market is really looking at the Bank of England as much as Brexit. Similarly, with the dollar, the market is really looking at the Fed and the US economy as much as trade tensions. Isn't that the is, isn't that where the real focus is? Yes, I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the Fed has been almost on autopilot over the last uh, uh, year or so. Yes. Uh, they have been... Uh, it's a very strong inflation numbers are out. Strong uh, inflation numbers. I mean, yeah, strong inflation numbers. They were in line with expectation. But of course, you know, the, the, the path is, uh, is up. Yes. Uh, the direction is yes. up. And uh, the removal of this monetary stimulus, really, that... Uh, uh, you know, we had in place for such a long time. I would say it's it's consistent with uh, the pick up in growth, uh, pick up in employment, and also pick up in inflation that you have uh, in the U.S. Uh, and also with the higher energy prices. Now, I think what's going on is that the the, the, the U.S. administration has managed to uh, uh, sort of uh, immunize the U.S. economy by introducing a nice uh, uh, fiscal boost mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of this year 
from uh, potential shocks. Certainly, the the trade war could be one of those shocks. So they are... uh, Enjoying the the benefits of uh, of the positive sentiment around uh, the, the fiscal boost, uh, equity markets in the U.S. Out, outperforming the, the the markets around the rest of the of the world. Uh, they go global trade, which was a very popular trade uh, at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, uh, is uh, has been uh, has been unwound uh, lately. We have seen a lot of selling of emerging markets, a lot of uh, selling in. Uh, uh, in uh, buying of boons, uh, selling in uh, European equities. Sure. Uh, so certainly um, the synchronized growth story that uh, was uh, the, the, the big story last year is no longer what investors believe uh, is going to happen in the next few months. And uh, if the Fed re- keeps removing stimulus, I mean, the U.S. will be able to navigate better those uh, turbulent times than other economies. I think that's what we're seeing uh, getting priced in in the, in the markets uh, over the last few months. Well, we will hear more about that when uh, the Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell appears next week in front of uh, senators to talk about monetary policy and uh, look at its likely impact on the dollar. My thanks to Ugo Lancioni of Newburger Berman. Join us again for Hard Currency next week. Until then, it's goodbye. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.